All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Country Club. Joined tonight by Amos. Once again, Amos, say hello to everyone. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. So tonight we wanted to get together once again, like we do every week, and just talk about the stuff that's going on this week. Uh, with this week being the holiday, uh, this episode's going to be delayed a couple days just so that we could enjoy the holiday a little bit more. But uh, I want to go ahead and get started and ask Amos, what did you do this weekend? Did you do anything fun or did you have to work? Uh, I worked on Friday. So then I got Saturday and Sunday completely free. Um, my 4th of July was a little bit uneventful because uh, my Friday night was, uh, I had no sleep on Friday night. I did a yeah. couple out of town trips, ended up having to take one of my patients all the way from, uh, where I'm at all the way to Columbus and that's a two hour trip Jeez. and then two hours back. Yeah. So I didn't sleep at all Friday night, came home, passed out, didn't really do a whole lot. Um, hit the gym. And then today me and my girlfriend were actually at a uh, beach up here in Huron, Ohio, spent a little time in Lake Erie today, threw the football around, laid around on a floaty, you know, just took in some sun. I've gotten a little bit too much sun today. So were the beaches crowded? Um, a little bit crowded. Yeah. We, but it wasn't too bad. Like, it's not like everybody was like standing right on top of each other. We had plenty of room to ourselves, but yeah, the water was really crowded. A lot of people had their boats out. Jet skis were going everywhere. A couple, there was even like somebody like, uh, what's it called? Like where like you get towed by a parasailing? boat. But yeah, parasailing. There was somebody like parasailing out there. You know, speaking of beaches, there is a article going around right now about a place called fire island which is in new york and essentially this guy who had covid19 actually went to fire island and he's like spreading it right and he posted all over facebook that he had covid19 and then there's pictures and snapchats of him there and if you look at like the pictures and stuff like that it's they're packed in there like sardines so I cannot even guesstimate how what the numbers are going to come off there because I looked at it right before we started talking and it was just them like just you couldn't even tell there's a pandemic there. I don't know what the, the rules and the laws are, you know, on Fire Island, but I couldn't believe even, you know, here in Indianapolis, like the restaurants and bars are open to I think it's like 75 percent capacity, but yeah. like some of them aren't even they're not they are not opening at all. Like there are some restaurants here that used, even though they're allowed to open, like they won't for for whatever reason, I'm not sure. But speaking of the beach, that just reminded me of that. I actually uh, spent the weekend uh, grilling. I had some people over here yesterday at my place. So on Friday I did like this eight pound, like pork shoulder and my smoker did a great job with it it's you know you've seen it before it's just an electric pellet one you put it in there but it it's, took like it's, it's really nice yeah it took like 12 hours but Ooh. uh on saturday i did a couple racks of ribs and it it lit on fire like it didn't like bust up in the smoke but i'm out there i'm cleaning up the yard you know picking up dog shit because we got cornhole in it in the front yard and so i i smell the smoke from the smoker which isn't abnormal but i look back and the thing is like just pushing out, it's just pushing out a lot of smoke, which is like an excessive amount. Right. And so I go over there and the heat is rising. I got it set at 250. And so like with most of this stuff that I make, it's just like low and slow. You cook it at two, anywhere between two and 300 for, you know, for like 10 hours, you know, or like yeah, yeah. Rib, ribs take like six hours. So it's a, it's mm -hmm. a process. What happened was, you know, the thing, I look inside, smoke pours out. I'm in my garage. So now the garage probably looks like the something's on fire uh, outside oh of that. So I have to take it all apart, put the ribs in the oven. And there's this piece with a smoker like this. So you have the, this piece where all of the, this container where all the pellets are, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. it feeds into the barrel through this mm -hmm. mechanism and it feeds a, so this, that feeds it in this cup where it smokes and that gets heat yeah. and then that that sensor will push it into the, like the digital thermometer and then that's what you can see well i guess it had got covered up or something like that because the thing just shot out of 
just shot way up in temperature and was not regulating at all. Kind of scared the shit out of me because I was like, if I wouldn't have been out here at this moment, like what, how bad would have that got? It's like one of those, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, man, I was in the right time, the right place for this, because if I wouldn't have been here, this could have been like a lot worse. And I could have burned your little garage to the ground, man. Yeah, I know. I uh, I'll just was, say, uh, we actually got my dad like a really nice pit boss smoker for uh, Father's Day this yeah. year. He lo- he loves that thing. That's what I have is the pit boss. I have the real basic model. I want to get I think, one. I'll, what did you know? Which one you got your dad? Do you know what price yours was? Because I remember mine was like three like three hundred. I think this one was like four hundred because I know me and my brother both contributed and my it was like a kind of a gift from all of us like me my brother and my mom and like me and my brother both put like 100 towards it and then i think my mom like threw the last 200 at it does it have a broiler on it or like a little place where he can like sear meat you know what yeah. i'm talking about yeah, see that's yeah. what mine doesn't have i want to get one you know you know childress uh he's got one at his house so i when i've been over there he's got one that has the broiler and so you hook a propane tank up to it and so after you cook the meat you can just flame broil it right there. Right now, when I do when I do steaks, I cook them out there to like 135. That's medium rare, and then I'll bring them in the house and sand or put them in a, a cast iron and sear them on each side. I would rather just be able to do that with that. So, d- ended up doing that. So I did like two racks of ribs, smoked mac and cheese, uh, Ooh. like this this pulled pork, right? And Love then it. like had corn and like some other stuff. That's great. Yeah, it was a feast, man. We got we got a lot. We got a lot of food left over that I don't know how we're gonna eat it all. So, anything else this weekend? Uh, no, honestly, right now, no. We came back from the beach. You know, I had to clean up, get all the sand out from everywhere. Oh it's, God, that's the, that's the one thing you always bring back with you is just massive amounts of sand. I hate getting and, in a car. That's the worst thing for me. It was a project. And it's in, it's, it yeah. was a project because we like walked back and there's like sand near the parking area too. So then I'm like, I'm like knocking off the Crocs and then I got a couple towels in the trunk and I'm like standing in the yep. grass, like drying, trying to get the sand off my feet. And then I'm like, they had the little showers. Caitlin. They had no. the little showers. No, no, nowhere, not, not at that beach. Nowhere to be found. I thought there was like, I feel mm. like that's something I had done before. Um, when I, and, and, and most ocean, like at most beaches, like where you're on a coastline, they have those. I, I guess I haven't seen, like when we were at the dunes last year, I don't know if they had them. They did. Did they? they? Did. Okay. It was, yeah. I kind of walked up the stairs there. Oh yeah. You're right. Back. Yeah. You're right. But they didn't have them at this one. Okay. So now that we got, you know, caught up a little bit, let's, let's go ahead and get, let's go ahead and just get like right into some of our topics. So yeah, let's do it. We're recording here on Sunday night, and it was, I think, last night that Kanye West said that he was going to run for president. So before I say anything, Amos, I want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, who's to say he can't? I mean, it's probably there's a lot of people out there probably thinking, like, you know, well, if, if Trump can run, why can't Kanye? I've heard that Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants to run. Hey, man, more power to the people. It's a free country, you know, like. I think that I think that the rock might not be a terrible like idea for a president to do, you know, obviously has came from nothing, seven dollars seven bucks productions at seven dollars in his pocket. You know, we yeah. all heard this if you follow the rock, you've heard the story oh, yeah. about a, a hundred times. And you know, he he maintains like his fame well. You know, you don't hear a lot of stories about scandal and controversy Ooh. from him. And he's got a really hard work ethic. He takes it very seriously. You know, he has a gym that he just brings everywhere, sets it up for a day and then works out, gets about a hundred Instagram videos in there and then Mm -hmm. just goes to the next place. Right. So the guy obviously like has discipline. It would be, it would be crazy to think uh, about Kanye though, because there are like, there are some real things that need to happen before Kanye West could become president. So first thing, is the FEC, right? So the I think it's like the Federal Election Committee. You have to register with them, which is like this committee that runs all the election, the presidential election. I don't know the details, so I don't want to sound like an idiot to somebody on here who will listen and they know everything about it. I just know he has to report to them. And the second thing would be to come up with like a campaign, right? And That's then, what I was and, wondering. And it, his campaign. And 
also then you have to decide how you're going to run right so for kanye he would probably run as an independent or he would compete for with joe biden for the democratic spot or uh there's a joe jorgensen lady who i have not done too much waves man yeah i I, haven't like do you have you heard about her have you have you read about her at all yeah, a lot. And there's a lot of people on my uh, my social media accounts that post about her a lot. And so I've kind of I've kind of dived a little bit into like yeah. what she's running on. And you know, like there's not a lot of bad stuff that she uh, she's bringing forward. And I kind of like a lot of what she's saying. But um, as of right now, I mean, I'm like slightly to the right. I don't. I'm not like a MAGA maniac. I'm not going to go nuts and you know like blindly you know praise Trump or. But I'm definitely not. Uh, I'm not liberal at all. I definitely don't lean left. Um, but that's that's really what would be. Uh, I'd be wondering like what Kanye is gonna run. Like where is he gonna go? Like who's he gonna try and duke it out with for that spot? So he he's got a couple problems to face. Uh, one would be getting a party behind him, like we said. So he probably, like I said, we probably have to run as an independent. But the problem with that is that there are certain states, like for example, North Carolina, where those ballots have already moved on. So he's missed a deadline. So how would that work? I don't know how that would work. So there's a lot of just, there's, there's like things where it just doesn't make sense. Like he's saying this, he just signed this, this 10 year gap deal to make clothes with the Yeezy brand. And he's really known to do this kind of stuff to like promote his merchandise and his product and his music. And he just uh, was promoting a new song and a new album. I think it's God's Country. I personally love Kanye. I don't know that I would love him for president because I don't know what his values are. You know, he he has praised Trump in the past, right? He's yes. went and, and shown support for Trump and mm-hmm. went and visited Trump. He put on the MAGA hat, took a lot of heat for that. He kind of... Uh, isolated himself after he met with Trump. I don't know how much you have you're familiar with like their interactions. Yeah, I thought it was to my knowledge that they were like real good buddies, and that like Kanye was uh, helping boost Trump's image. But then like it kind of backfired on his account, and everyone's kind of like, "Nah, we don't we don't love you like that anymore, Kanye." Yeah, I guess that he had been upset about. Uh, the way that the media and Trump used him to promote like themselves, you know what I mean? It's like, look, and I, you know, they're using it even for like, like racism and things like that. Like, Oh, look, like Trump can't be racist. He has Kanye West, like at his side and his support and things like that. So I don't, I, I I wish I had more to say. Oh, one other thing I do have to say about it is that he had him and Elon Musk were hanging out, I think like last week and they posted like a picture of it on social media and as soon as uh, Kanye put out his tweet saying what he said and he's going to run, Elon Musk said, you know, you have my full support. So <clears throat> that's crazy. I wonder what kind of relationship, I wonder what kind of conversation him and Elon Musk could have had, you know, because it almost, the response was very quick from Elon. So it's almost like they had a pre-planned conversation about yeah. this. So one thing though, is that uh, are you familiar with like Kim Kardashian and what she's doing like with her? So she, she is actually like in some weird uh, law training where she, uh, she's not going to law school, but she is becoming a lawyer uh, through OJT essentially through some loophole that I don't fully understand, but someone watching this, I have had to watch uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians with my girlfriend before, and they've talked about it. So I know that it's happening, and she is, like, freeing prisoners who are unjustly in prison, right? And she's done this. She's been doing this for a little while. She's got a lot of people's sentence reversed. And she has also spent a good amount of time in the White House herself. So I almost wonder if her and Trump have some relationship as well. But could you imagine? You know, I don't know who – what a first lady. I couldn't imagine, you know, you want to talk about a fucking reality show. That's it right there. Kanye West as the president. Kim K as the first lady. First lady. Wow. Who would be, you know, the VP? Would it be? Elon. I, 
Elon Musk. <laughs> Get Elon, bro. The dude's not even, he's not even American. I don't think he could. You know, we forget, oh. you, you really forget that, right? Like, because Elon Musk just all of a sudden one day showed up with Tesla, you know? Do you remember like, all of a sudden just one day he, he existed and. Like, yeah, well, it wasn't even like, you know, some people like really first got introduced him just recently with the whole rocket and stuff like yeah. that. But it wasn't until like maybe a year or so ago, like when I first saw like, check out this Tesla, like one day we won't even have to drive ourselves anywhere. I'm like, what is this shit? Like, yeah. I, 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 and, and the election, right? It's four months away. Yeah. But, but one thing he does, one thing Kanye does have going for him is he has money. Right. So oh, yeah. I think, I think Trump uh, has raised around a billion dollars uh in almost like or like three quarters of a billion dollars in campaign funds right just to help his campaign imagine what that money could go to if it was going towards our our economy the way it's crashing or whatever it's sad at the end of the day it's i i can only imagine that the rest of you watching have to feel the same way that the candidates are who they are you have two old whites who are dying you know joe biden's health is garbage Donald Trump probably has COVID-19. I, I, I feel like I read something every day about his health. Um, and then you have Joe Jorgensen, who, once again, I don't know enough about, so I won't even comment about her. But it, is, it appears to me that her kind of, from what I've read, is like, she's like, I, I, you know, like, if you want to be gay, smoke your weed and carry your guns, like, vote for her, you know. She, she wants minimal government interference and more people govern, governing themselves, you know. Like, that's kind yeah. of what... I, I get from her and then we have Kanye West it's a fucking reality show like I hate what it is but it is what it is you know what would his slogan be <sighs> yay Ye <laughs> who knows Easy 2020. exactly <laughs> so do you imagine um having that sign out in your front yard oh my gosh I I I I almost want I almost want one you know like just if he it can actually get on the ballot and make a race because at the end of the day we all thought the same thing about Trump although he started earlier you got to rem I I remember when he was running it was comedy gold it was just like there's no way he's gonna get to the next round there's no way he's gonna get to the next round there's and then when it was him and Hillary it's like there's no way he's gonna win this and then boom all of a sudden he does through a series of loopholes, you know, and I remember, well, Hillary had more votes, but it's the electoral college. So it's like, it's all, it's all rigged anyways, let's be honest. So most things are, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's shit show. So moving on, uh, something that I read about today and I just thought it was crazy because I've never heard about this before. And I don't know how many out there have gonna, are going to have heard about it, but Britney Spears is trending today on Twitter, and she is in something called a conservatorship. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, a conservatorship, from ba my basic understanding, is some type of legal agreement, someone who is, let's say, would have dementia, and they can't um, – they have a heart. They they can't really make the decisions for themselves. There there's some type of instability there that makes it so they can't make decisions for themselves. So this person kind of make legal decisions regarding them, you know, like and a living will or power of a power of attorney. Like exactly. Yeah. So when Brittany had that breakdown back in '07, right? She went into a conservatorship with her father and has been since the last 12 years where she no longer has control of her money. She no longer, she cannot leave the house without her family's permission. She only has 10% custody of her kids. Now, mind you, this is a conservatorship. Once again, is for someone who would be unstable in some manner, right? To where they can't live. They can't make decisions for themselves. Okay. Since 2008, <clears throat> she's been on three world tours and I think put out like three albums. So does that, give you the signs that she's unstable well i mean i'm no britney spears expert i mean as I'm a person her. right so as a person what i'm saying is as a person if you knew someone let's say you know mason right he was going out and he fished three tournaments he 
you know, got rich, was traveling, doing all of this like celebrity stuff from being a fisherman, would you think, wow, how he's mentally, there's no way he could do this because he's mentally unstable or he's some type of, he has some type of instability, right? You would think because he's doing all this, he can take care of himself. That's what ultimately what I'm getting at. Well, first of all, you picked a bad example of using Mason. That you could have, you could have picked anybody else. I already. Know I, well, I was trying to relate. Stable. I was I, trying to relate. Oh boy, did you did you relate on that one? But yeah, um, I totally get what you're saying when you kind of break it down like that. Um, if you're able to go on world tours, this isn't like you know like a tour of the West Coast or the East Coast. Like this is world tours. Um, that never would have really dawned on me. You know, everybody can have a mental breakdown, and it's more easy for it to be seen by the public when you have the mm -hmm. paparazzi following you around 24 seven in 2007, it's, it would be really easy to get that kind of a breakdown like on camera. So I had no idea about this conservatorship. Is that what she said? Yeah. I've never heard of the word either. I feel, I, I, I mean, hopefully nobody out there makes fun of us, but I've never heard of the word before this until I saw it. I had to say it a couple of times to make sure I said it correctly. Conserva. <laughs> I have um, to look but, at it spelled. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that this would be something that would be ongoing. Is it something that you enter in willingly? Like you talk to somebody about this and how do you get out of it? And so I am unsure how they agreed on it. I'm sure on some point she probably, this was, this was, they entered into this agreement in 2008, right? So at some point she, she was either still uh, going through the things she was going through at that time, or maybe just coming out of it and believing that this was the right thing to do. But now the actual, the conservatorship has been delayed because of COVID-19, right? So they were supposed to have a hearing here recently. And I think that's kind of why it's trending. And because of COVID-19, the, it's still in place until August when they think they might be able to have the hearing. So she's like stuck in this weird place. And if you look at her Instagram, she posted, she's posted a lot of like, like hints and subtle things that when I actually like went through her Instagram and like was reading some stories, I could see it to where I was like, wow, like this, this, when I know this about her and then like, she's posting like weird, like a, a girl sitting at a window wishing she could be free and saying like, this is a picture of my life. It's like, oh wow, that's Britney Spears has been famous since the Mickey Mouse club, man. That's before your time. That's before my time. That's, then she was famous for being a celebrity and being an artist, which she still is now, but her whole life she's been famous. And minus like the 2007 breakdown, which I don't know too much, too many details about that. She's kind of stayed her shaving her head. Yeah. She's kind of like stayed out of the limelight. So I don't know too much about that. I know that she is essentially not able to control her own life though. Like I said, oh. she has to get permission to leave her home to spend her money. She doesn't have her music rights. All of that is owned by what was her father. And I believe last year, uh, some things happened with his health where he doesn't take care of it anymore. Someone else does. And like even Kevin Federline, her, her, uh, the father of her children, who I don't know if you remember that, used to be a backup dancer for her. Oh uh, he's involved in it. He's involved in it because he is the father of her children. And he, he doesn't even want to like let them go see her so like i said she only has 10 percent custody of her kids it's like this wild thing that when you you know she's been out of the limelight as far as i'm concerned i don't see anything about her i don't follow her on any type of social media so when i read this today i was so caught off guard i was like wow like i couldn't imagine being as famous as she is doing it what she's done very really pioneered like a lot of like pop you know music when she was younger you know dated justin timberlake i remember that and then like to be in this place now where she's like 38 and her family owns her where she can't make decisions without their permission. It's like really, it's like an, almost an, like a, an infringement on her rights, which is, I don't know. It's crazy. I, so I wanted to just talk about that because I thought that was so weird because somebody would never think about that. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's, that was news to me. And that's something I'm glad you brought up because it's like, how do you, how, how crazy is it that, you know, something like that is still ongoing in, you know, 2020. If you like need something to entertain yourself for 10 minutes, go on the Reddit. The Reddit's where I like got a lot of like the, it's called like free Britney Reddit. And you just, all the information's there, there in Twitter, take you like 10 minutes to read it. It's, it's wild. And so now that we, you know, we talked a little bit about the, the news story that's going on, we're just going to just 
transition right in to some sports stuff that's going on. And the, this is what's got me most excited is the Kamara Usman and George Moss at all. They're fighting. They just got into this agreement. Uh, what was the name? George Gilbert backed out of the fight with Kamara Usman and Masvidal, Bamp, badass motherfucker, uh, decided that he would step up to the plate and he wanted to fight him. Are you familiar with th- their two, the rivalry they've had at all? Uh, not very familiar. Um, I, I follow UFC. We used to watch a lot of it on the boat and I still watch it now, but I'm not like. 100% like I don't know the history I don't know some of the rivalries I know a couple of them you know like I would know like the Conor McGregor like Jose Aldo like I would know you know that rivalry and some other things but no please enlighten me so first off if you're unfamiliar this is a Walter Waite fight right so mm-hmm. they're both I think like I think they're both like six feet tall or give or take they Kamara Usman is the champion and he is 16 and one his only loss was his second fight and he lost by submission to somebody who i'm unfamiliar with most of his fights from what i know go to the decision right so if you look at most of his wins he wins in a decision he has beaten some like some big name guys here recently uh i got some of them written down so his last three victories were Colby Covington, there was a title defense, Tyron Woodley, and Damian Maya. Uh, Damian Maya, I feel like that dude has been fighting for in the UFC for years. Have you ever seen any of his fights, Amos? Uh, I think I've, I've recognized the name, and I might have like scrolled past one. He might have been an undercard somewhere or something like that where I might have seen him fight. I know the Woodley. I know Woodley very well. I've seen him mm-hmm. fight quite a few times. And so then George Mazadal, 35 and 13. He's been in the game a little bit longer. He came from strike force. Uh, every one of his losses in the UFC come from a decision. Uh, I think he has four or five, but they all come from a decision. He's either taking, he's either knocking you out or he's going the distance. And like, you know, even, even Dana White, who, you know, owns the UFC, like says, if, if you let it go to decision, you've done something wrong. You know, don't let somebody else determine your fight. And he, his last three, his last three big fights are Nate Diaz, which was a doctor stoppage that they, you know, he got fucked up. Then you got Ben Askren, which Ben Askren is like an Olympic world wrestler. He's kind of, he kind of came to the UFC a, a little bit late. He was doing some stuff over in Asia, I believe beforehand, like some fighting stuff over there, but he caught a Superman, a super flying knee, whatever you want to call it to the to the face about three seconds into their fight and just went to sleep just just went to sleep and then the fight before that he beat darren till and one thing though about george masvidal is that he lost to damian maya by submission so i'm and their their fights with damian maya was not very far apart i don't think i think they were both about five fights ago in their career so and Damian Maya is a big level jiu-jitsu guy, probably one of the best jiu-jitsu fighters in the UFC. I think that's why he's been in the UFC so long is because he doesn't take the same kind of beatings that most fighters fight because he wants to take you straight to the ground and roll around. So every, and like I said about George Maslow's, every fight that he does, he or every fight that he's lost in the UFC, he's went to decision. So those were some just big level, big names that I wanted to bring to the table. You know, as far as their rivalry, they did, there's a video of them meeting, uh, I think a few months ago in Vegas for, uh, maybe not in Vegas, but it was like uh, in Miami for the Super Bowl stuff. And uh, what's his name was in a cast. Uzman was in a cast and they just were kind of jaw jacking each other. And that is why I saw that. And I didn't realize too much of like a rivalry myself because I don't follow the UFC as closely as I do like the NFL or the NBA. So that decision or that fight is set up for this coming Saturday. So they have six days to figure it out. And in that six days, they have to take four COVID tests. They have to take a test now. So the fight is pending that they're both negative for Mm COVID-19. So they got to Vegas today or yesterday, took the test. After the test, they – 
have to quarantine in their hotel room. And then they, I think they go straight to Abu Dhabi where Fight Island is. They got to take another test and then they quarantine in their room. And then they have to take another test before they do like the weigh-in. And then they got to take another test before the fight. Could you imagine if it's like one of those, like where they shove that, that stick up in your brain, essentially like one of those tests. I couldn't imagine. It's hard to think about. Like that's, that's a lot of freaking swabs getting shoved up your nose, man. Four tests. I mean, I know they have the test now where I think they just like hit you with a laser or something like that. They hit you with a gun or they take like some type of sample. Do you, are you, how, how did they, you, have you ever done any testing? No, I've uh, still never been tested once, but um, I've seen people get tested when I take patients to the ER and stuff like that. Cause that's like one of the things that they make you do if they bring a patient to the ER mm-hmm. and uh, any patient, like, like I said, that needs to get admitted, like, you know, they'll stay at the hospital. They always COVID as well. And it's always through the nose. Yeah. That's wild. I, <clears throat> on the last couple episodes, I've talked about how, I didn't know anybody who has actually like tested positive for COVID. That's like actually in my like circle of friends and here recently, one of them did test, te- they have tested positive, right? Someone who is associated with my friend group and, you know, he's a friend of mine, uh, not someone who I've spent like a large amount of time with uh, during the quarantine, but I, I don't, I don't think that he's like debilitated or I don't think that he is, Deteriorated. Um, I'm sorry. You said debilitated. You mean deteriorated? Like debilitated. Like he's not. What's what am I looking for? What's he? He's not like laid up in bed. He's not like he he can still do things. He's not on a respirator. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what are your thoughts? Have you seen? So going back to these two, have you seen? Either, have you seen either two of these guys fight before? No, I have not. So take a guess for which one you think is going to win then. Just pick one. I'll take the guy that uh, stepped up to the plate to take the spot. George Masvidal? Yeah, he sounds hungry. That's who I think is going to win too. I think that he's just going to knock Usman the fuck out. I think that's what's going to happen. That's what I'm saying now here in the country club is that we're both taking Masvidal, so – if he doesn't win, though, we're just going to pretend like we didn't say it. I'm going to just come back to this and edit this shit out. So, <laughs> No, but all right. So moving along in like some other sports news, uh, there's not too much else going on in the world right now as far as that's concerned. The, the NFL, you know, we talked about this a little bit on the, on the update was, you know, they lowered the preseason to two games. You know, Amos, you had found an article. What did it say? Uh, well, one of them was that they were – going to try and narrow down the camps and they were going to do more isolated camps. And uh, what I kind of got from that is that maybe just maybe it was going to be more of just bringing groups in, you know, bring the quarterbacks and the wide receivers in, have the running backs work, you know, maybe get the linemen involved and then like just groups like position groups. Um, But they were going to just really separate everybody out and eventually like, prolong the days that, you know, everybody was going to have a staggered start. And I was like, you know, whatever you got to do, you know, because before preseason and during preseason, teams have almost now 80, sometimes even close to 90 players on a roster before they cut them down for their, uh, for their regular season roster. That's a lot of guys to try and, you know, move around and get situated and try and have them do their thing. So whatever sort of precautions that they are implementing and they feel like they want to do, I say go with it. You know, you got all day. You know, if you got to bring – and maybe you can even switch it up. That way not one individual group feels like they're getting the short end of the stick. You know, like one day, all right, quarterback, wide receivers, you're here early. And then, like, maybe another day they're the late group. You know, like try and and change things up. But whatever you got to do – Are you saying, like, work them out, like, in their own individual groups, like – yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the receivers, they're they're gonna take the field, and then you got the DBs, they're gonna take the field. You got quarterbacks throwing to the receivers. They're another part of the, you know what I mean, like that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, that 
that's something a great idea. That sounds like that would really minimize the amount of people that are around each other at any given time. Have you seen the mock ideas for the respirator and the helmet? Oh, they look sweet. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, they look so cool. We're like only I'm telling you, man, we're like a few years away from like players just like in full fledged like Iron Man suits out there. You know, we're gonna be flying, it's gonna look like you know, we're gonna be in space football in the next twenty years. Like Elon Musk is gonna be designing the uniforms and the gear and we're going to play in zero gravity. And Have you heard of Neuralink? No. So on the other podcast that I do with my buddy, Mike, we did an episode about AI and technology. And one of the things that we talked about was Neuralink. And what Neuralink is, is it's a chip. You know, it's like a small chip and it will be attached to your brain However, they will do that through science. Let's not sweat the small stuff. Essentially what this does, this chip in theory, and it's, it's from Tesla or it's from Elon Musk, it can help you to overcome any physical disabilities that you would have, right? So, this, so let's say you're paralyzed from the waist down. It's because some synapse in your brain is not firing anymore, maybe due to nerve damage, a, uh, an injury, maybe you're born that way. Well, that chip will then fire that synapse. It will send a message to that nerve to whatever makes you walk, makes you move your legs because you can't do it like physically by yourself, you know, on your own biologically. So this chip will do it. So it can help you walk again. Um, then what they're talking about is how it's going to enhance physical capabilities. You know, just reminded me, you're saying that we're not too far off from all this sp fucking space football. But imagine we're not too far off from them being able to enhance our bodies with AI, which will enhance our physical capabilities, which will make us run faster, jump higher, hit harder, and be smarter how we play sports. Could you imagine the intensity like how it would change the nfl you know how not something i'm, I'm trying to go deep into but you, you know you say that you said that and it just reminded me have you ever let me ask you this as a person would is that something you'd be interested in can it get me on the field maybe not to get you may, maybe to get you on the field okay sure but like <laughs> would you ever think about like if you if you wanted to just enhance yourself and that was common accessibility you could go and say i want to be able to run faster they put that chip in boom then you can run faster or i want to be able to think more clearly so on and so forth you want something the chip can give it to you let's think about it like that where does it stop then you know like you you give me all these app uh, these applications and the, the possibilities you you're making it sound like would be endless who would actually be natural anymore you know like what would make you special you know, we look at athletes today and, you know, like look at guys like Tariq Hill and stuff. That guy is fast as all hell, man. Yeah. You know, so, and that's, that's all natural. That's, that's blood, sweat, hard work. You know, like he's putting in that effort. You mean to tell me that you, you put one of these neural links in my head and I could be just, what up Tariq? Like you ain't that fast. Like. I mean, in, in theory, in theory, the way Elon explains it, yes, like that, I'm sure that when, when that has the common accessibility that what we're talking about, that they're going to have a way to screen for it in sports to where if they let people have it, if they, if they let one person have it, it's going to change the sport forever. So I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think that they will really let that be implemented into athletic, like professional athletics because... I mean, you know, they, back in the day, Michael Jordan dunking from the free throw line was an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Now, Zion Williamson at 18 years old can do it. And it's just like a standard, right? Blake mm -hmm. Griffin did it jumping over a Kia Sportage a few years ago with, a, with his cape on. And, or was that, was that uh, Dwight Howard? I don't no, know. no, no. Oh, it, it was, was Blake uh, Griffin. Yeah, it was Blake. Yeah. So – you just see those natural progressions, right? Like we think about those natural progressions. And now imagine if you could dunk from the three point, like, you know, you just take off like space jam, stretch out your arm and you just dunk that. 
that would be wild. I know that's like a whole rabbit hole we could go down, but man. Well, you would you would definitely have to make some alterations, make the field 200 yards and then 100 yards wide. Um, you'd have to move baseball, you know, the outfield out a couple hundred, you know, like you start swinging it, man. Like we're going to start hitting people downtown. Like you're going to, it's going to leave the, leave the stadium and it's going to crack somebody minding their own business at the freaking bus stop. Like, Oh man. Speaking of baseball, do you hear that? Uh, Mike Trout's not really interested in coming back. Really? Yeah. Dang. You know, um, as far as the NBA is concerned, uh, Victor Oladipo, he plays for the Pacers here. He said that he doesn't think he's going to come back either. He's going to like focus on rehab. Yeah, I was going to say he had that injury. You you sent me another uh, link talking about the second hub for basketball that's going to be in Chicago. What do you think yeah. about that? Um, I think if if I'm thinking of the right link, I think it's the one for all the non-Torney teams. Yep. I thought that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, you're uh, you're just getting some extra work in, you know, like why not? Mm-hmm. All those teams, you know, they're going to be itching to probably play. Um, and this is, this is months away, but like, why not? You know, um, what if you were one of those teams that like the warriors or the bulls, right? Who you're, you're, you weren't invited and you've known for like a month now that you weren't going to be invited. And so you've just been sitting back, you know, snacking on the couch, you know, doing whatever else is you do. not, you're not in basketball shape anymore because you, you weren't invited to continue the season because of your, your team's record was so bad. And so how fast are they going to be able to get back in shape? You know, that's, that's a concern as well. Just to play the kind of devil's advocate with you a little bit here. Well, I mean, they got access to stuff that, you know, the common man like you and me doesn't have, like they have specialized trainers. They got the dietitians. they got the facilities available to them. Um, if I, uh, I heard something funny or even something that they should even consider that imagine if you brought those teams in and they hold a small tournament, Hey, whoever wins this tournament gets the first pick. Don't just and then everybody else vies for the lottery. Whoever wins this tournament gets gets the first overall pick. That would be you'd get some compelling basketball if that was the case. Yes, that's actually a very good point. It 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 still creates that competitive environment because when they when the, when teams don't play for anything, you know, for example, the All Star break, uh, the All Star game, you know, the way it used to be played, East versus West. It was all showboating and stuff. Obviously, the players are there to have a good time, but there was no competition to it. And then now they've done it the last couple of years where LeBron and Giannis pick teams, and there's a little bit more competition because, it, you know, it doesn't have a specific goal, you know, to the, for a winner or a loser but other than bragging rights. But mm-hmm. implementing that first pick would definitely be something that I could see would create more incentive, definitely would be helpful. Oh, man, I – I'm curious what how they're I'm curious how they're going about the like their testing and things like that you know because they they there's a lot of potential penalties and fines for players who like would uh could test positive or leave the facility and so I wonder if they're doing it now where they're going to start I think they're going to start testing all the NBA players so that they can potentially quarantine them if they need to they because let's say that you have a you know like say you're the lakers and you got all your players and lebron and ad they they go out you know could you imagine how fucking awful that would be for the lakers they they're projected right now to win the whole thing but oh boy i couldn't imagine man i could not imagine i was listening to uh, some sports talk radio yesterday while i was in the truck and uh, one of the things, I forget who I was listening to on the show, but uh, it was, uh, oh, it was the Jonas Knox show on Fox Sports Radio. And he was, uh, he was talking about, you know, the bubble and, you know, all the stuff that's going into it down there in Orlando. And he was saying, like, did you guys know that there's a, a hotline that you can call to, like, dime people out? Like, oh, yeah. how, many play- how many players do you think are going to be diming each other out? Like, you know, really? And tell me for going out, bro. Like, there was an interview that JJ Reddick just did, and I heard a, a snippet of it. And he was saying how there's no leisure at this this Orlando facility. How it's 
it's not going to be a leisurely vacation or it's, there's no, no, com- oh, there's no comfort here. Like there's no, boot camp? yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you hear, I cannot hear athletes, entertainers, actors, actresses. I cannot hear them complain at all because oh, no, 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 they, no. they're going to say that they don't have this comfort level that they want because they're used to being millionaires and they're used to being able to have everything they want at the drop of a dime. And now because they sign these contracts and they're obligated to perform for the people that pay their salaries, they're upset. Well, not, I've only ever, I've only heard him actually complain about the comfort level. Most players are either I'm going to play and just deal with it, or I'm not going to play and not deal with it and just accept that I'm going to lose out on some money. JJ Reddick had the audacity to say there's no comfort level in this resort that we have to perform at in Orlando, Florida on a Disney fucking location. Can you believe that? It's oh man, ignorance is bliss, man. Just just suffer in silence, homie. While there are while there are families who are like being torn apart and devastated by the economy, uh, who truly have no comfort level because some of them don't have homes anymore. Uh, I think perspective is key. I do like JJ Reddick, but I think that that comment, although he, I don't think that he he meant for it to have the intent that it is. Like someone like me, as soon as an athlete says that they're not comfortable anymore because they're in a uh, a three star hotel as opposed to a five star hotel, I'm thinking to myself, what are you what are you complaining about? Who are you? Do, do you even like, remember? Have you ever slapped like world? three racks high in a birthing with thirty other dudes? Like, oh my gosh. Nope. No, no, not three racks. I slept in the middle rack. I was, I was three racks high, but I think, I think when it comes to athletes, celebrities, you know, like people that are like so high up in social status, um, the best word I would use to describe it is that they're just desensitized to the problems of the modern man. Like, yeah. it, none of it affects them. That doesn't bother me. I got someone that gets this for me that drives me here, drives me there. Like, pick a car, like take me here in it. Like your problems aren't my problems, man. Like everyday people are like, how am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to make this work out at the end of this month? Do I have time to do this? Can I splurge and get something really nice for myself right now? More or less like when their minor problems are like, do I get the blue Ferrari or I get the red Ferrari? Like which one do I want? Like he, I would take I will admit that he said that he he had he was slumming at having to live with Drew Holiday because his lease is up at his apartment or his house or his mansion whatever it was in uh, New Orleans, and so he he's he's living with him whatever that looks like you know I can't imagine that the he's like sleeping on the couch kind of thing you know I'm sure he's in one hey man, of the pick one of my five spare bedrooms yeah exactly that's how oh, I boy. feel so. You know, it looks like the NBA looks like the NBA's coming to a head. They're they're making way. The MLB's making they're making a way. I, I don't know too much about what's going on there really anymore. Um I don't know I don't know how college football's gonna be able to play out because it seems that whatever you believe, whether you believe it's new cases being caught or it's testing being done. Cases are ramping up, which is creating another wave, which is going to hinder the school's ability to have students on campus, right? And one of the theories for to kind of uh, negate this is have the students who play fo- who play sports and make the make the school's money, have them come on campus and play their sports still in front of no fans, but they do school online. But if you do something like that, like if the NCA allows that and if the schools really go through with that, then you can just tell that it's all about money. It, it's just all about money. They say student, athlete first. Like these big – like the SEC, I think that they came out and said they're going to have football no matter what. Because you, could, you ima- could you imagine a year of no football? Like the big programs like the Alabamas, the Floridas, they're going to be okay. But like the mid-tier – programs they're they're going to go a year without any type of funding because football is not going to happen they're going to go without bringing in that money from being having games doing everything that happens it's going to have a i just i wonder what 
sports are going to look like this time next year is, are we going to be ramping up for the first college football season in two years, or are we going to be living in a, a crazy world that was affected and devastated by it? You know what I mean? I wish I had the answer for that. I really do. I wish I could just pop my head into the future real quick. Like you guys playing ball right now. Okay. Bet. Have you heard anything about college football at all? I was actually, uh, that was another thing I was listening to. When you drive to and from Columbus, you have four hours of listening to sports talk radio. There's a lot of, you know, shit that you have to sift through. And uh, one of the things they did mention was college football. And uh, it kind of hit a little bit on what you were saying is that these schools, you know, like, like Ohio state, you football, that is what they do. And that is where their funding comes from. Um, and it's, and it's funny that you mentioned the whole, like, you know, they're student athletes. Um, I'm sure you, you played sports in school, right? Yeah. I was going to say, you were an athlete in high school. I was an athlete in high school. Um, it's, it's, it's the truth, but I mean, athletes get the, get more than anybody else. You know, they get more catered to them. You know, like I need this kid Friday night. Let's, what do we got to do to bump that, that, you know, that D to a C, like, what do we got to do to get his GPA? Like, what does he need? What does he need? Like, what can we do? Um, and I think the same applies when you get to college and then, uh, I mean, not so much once you're professional, but I mean, these schools will literally do anything as long as it means keeping their funding. And that's what they kind of hit on with uh, some of those bigger name talk show guys. You know, it's, it's amazing that you're willing to put money over the safety of your students because these colleges they're getting these these mini hotspots i don't i've you know this school's got seven guys this school's got 14 like i know a lot i know a lot of the colleges these big name colleges have they have a lot of testing that's being that or people have tested positive they're not like giving out names and everything obviously but I also have read online that colleges are having COVID parties so that you can catch it, develop the antibody, and get over it. Could you believe that? That's fucking wild. You almost wonder if athletes would be doing the same thing. It's like, let's, let's get it out of the way. Let's get it over with. Or, I don't know. I don't, because when you just get that many people, like now my brain is programmed to think that gatherings like that should like make me uncomfortable or not necessarily uncomfortable, but it's like, ah, there's so many people around and all this media says it's bad. Like, I don't know, you know, what there is to, be, what's real and what's not real, but you just can't imagine that it would be safe to have a, like a, how many kids are on a college football team 53 or is that the NFL or is it the same? I got to imagine it's the same amount. Okay. I don't. I don't really know if they're allowed to have more or less or what kind of roster size they deal with in college. I'd have to look. So let's assume for the sake of this conversation, it's 53. And then on top of that, you have all the staffing, all the coaches and it, there's just so many people there that as soon as one person catches it, like everybody's going to catch it. And if your whole, let's say your whole team goes down, does that ruin the season? I, I can't imagine how that you know they're 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 gonna navigate this. It's it's wild to me. I can't wait till I, I don't even I don't even know when a time is gonna be when the COVID's not affecting our whole fucking lives, but I can't wait for that time again. Oh man, I'm more than ready for that, man. It's just I'm so over it at this point. Like, especially because, you know, my job, I hate wearing the max. I hate asking the questions, you know, like I hate, you know, I'm, I'm a very compassionate person when it comes to working with patients and dealing with my job, but I hate interacting with patients that are like, because it sucks for them because they're living in fear too. I went yeah. and ran on some lady a couple of weeks ago and this was after they started like, you know, lifting the bands on States and stuff like that. She had been living, she hadn't left her house in almost like three and a half months or something. Oh my God. Like people were like bringing her food and dropping it off on her doorstep. Like her family was just bringing her stuff. And she wasn't even that old. She was only like, I think like maybe 60, 65. Like, yeah. And she was like really healthy and, you know, but she was having like an anxiety attack and some like severe hypertension and stuff like that. 
and you know like when was the last time you were outside and she's like i don't know like as soon as they shut the country down she's like i never i just didn't leave the house like Isn't everything that... she go ahead sorry buddy like everything she had she had just like you know it had all been brought to her and given to her and she was just living at home in fear thinking that the second you walked outside you were contracted isn't that insane that there's a virus here that attacks your immunity your immune i'm sorry attacks your immune system and the government tells us the one thing that we should do is sit in the house and weaken our immune system this lady is sitting in the house for three months she's older who knows what kind of health issues that she she deals with on a day-to-day -day basis but now she's got so much anxiety because of the media has just i'm sure she watches the news all day too you know like i just i imagine i i see a type of per, i see the type of person that you you're helping right now it's probably just constantly on the news constantly reading shit that's going on and it was on the tv when we got there like really fox just on the tv like, and it just it creates this hysteria and this anxiety and someone of that age they're from that era where they they get all their information from their favorite news source and as we all know now, all news is biased. All news is leaning one way. Like every, no, there's no unbiased uh, organizations anymore. It's like you're either left or you're right. There's just no uh, reporting of down the line, you know, not, not affiliated with either one. So that is, that's the stuff. That's the stuff that I had for the, for the week, man. Do you have anything specific you got? Uh, no, I would talk about, Vanessa more, but that's it's still ongoing and I'm still waiting for some real more solidified evidence um, that they keep bringing to the table. I know they kind of highlighted some the people that were involved, but you know, I don't, I won't dive too much into a, into a breakdown until I have more information just uh, to uh, all the women out there in the military uniform that have had to deal with this sort of thing, you know, uh, God bless your toughness. Um, it sucks, you know, uh, but stay strong, uh, keep pushing forward, and uh, God bless you. It's, it's, it's a tough world. I've seen too many posts the last couple of days about, you know, like, I am Vanessa Gant. Uh, that, it sucks. Like, um, but I, I just can't even hit enough on it that how, you know, how much, how devastating this is for, you know, us as veterans and stuff like that. It sucks. There is, uh, first off, I agree. You know, men and women experience this type, this type of stuff on a daily basis in the military, outside the military, in the civilian world as well, corporations, organizations. You know, what you said on the midweek update was very true. It's something that I didn't think about enough. I want to. I just want to touch on it again. You know, we worked in aviation, so we worked in a lot uh, with a lot of tools. Uh, other posts that I've seen that are similar to yours is let's say that you worked with, let's say if you, you know, you were in infantry or you worked with weapon systems. If you, anybody who's in the military who works with, with, with weapons, right? If you lose that weapon, everything shuts down until you find it or it can, it's deemed unfindable. Somebody has to pay for it. For us, you know, like you, like Amos mentioned, you lose a ratchet, you lose a socket, you lose a pair of pliers, any kind of tool. A, we can't even start the mission, or B, we shut everything down until that's found. I can remember one time launching a bird, and the um, I can't even remember what it's called the the white holdback bar, the A6 for the A6. Yeah, has the pin in there right and the bird who came up on deck and came up to the catapult had the old pin in there and i took it out and dropped it because for whatever reason i dropped it right and i had to suspend flight ops right and the ensign at the time who you know, we were talking about, I won't say his name on here, but the guy who was involved in your piss, your fucking pee hole story, uh, yes. he came out, started screaming at me, right? Why are we, why do we stop flight ups? And I'm trying to talk to him through the cranials, like that one of these pieces is missing, right? I, luckily, I found it. It didn't get sucked up to, into an exhaust or anything like that. But we have a human here who is missing and they just like went about their day. 
And that's why, like, to the veteran community, like, we, we understand how, you know, fucking petty that the chain of command can be where you lose one little thing and everything's got to suspend because that's the operating procedure. And then we have a life here who everybody just seemed to continue on about their day. A lot of suspicions. I agree with Amos. I, I, I want, I'm very curious to see how everything plays out. Seems like they're making headway. All this publicity is kind of creating accountability to where they got to get it solved to where it's like, there's just too much publicity on it uh, that it's not going to, they're not going to not solve it. They're not going to be able to not work on it. So like, like you said, Amos, you know, men, women who are out there experiencing this type of abuse and harassment. Don't do not continue to live in fear. If this happens, report it. People need to be held accountable, especially higher up in the chain of command leaders need to be leaders and held accountable for their actions. And so I could, we could rant on that. So moving along, everybody, thank you for joining us and listening to the conversation. Amos, one more time. Any, any, any comments before we close her down? No, everybody love everybody. Take care of yourselves. Listen, everybody like share, subscribe, do the damn thing. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Move along. Pretend like it never happened. And for those of you who are liking and sharing and subscribing, continue to do so. We love you for it. Everybody, this is the Country Club. Have a good one.